0: And welcome to episode 291 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh.
1: And this week we watched The Longest Yard, a movie about football being played by a bunch of violent sociopaths and some guys in prison.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. I see ah. 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 Topical.
3: Ah. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. hmm. Mm. Mm. Ah, that Ooh. was commentary. Mm. Ah.
2: Social commentary. Ah. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you like social commentary <laughs> and strange noises, you might like the shows on the Podcast Collective, such as I Am
2: Salt Lake.
1: Mm. <laughs> the Rad Dad Radio Hour.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and Hollywood Hot.
2: <laughs> hollywood hot, hot, hot.
1: you didn't think i was going to say it i didn't think i it. didn't
2: tonight on hollywood hot <laughs> <Blair> <laughs> Hearns, was she hot
1: hollywood hot may not actually be a real show <laughs> yeah at she... oh,
0: this point <laughs> it's not the horse cast but yeah but what is <laughs> yeah. so if you're uh looking for our older stuff iTunes, Blu-ray, Stitcher, all those places. Spotify, Podchaser, leave us a review. And give us a call. 7-8-NOW-RAP 708-669-9727 mm. Yes. Do we have any feedback?
1: I don't think so.
0: Uh, we'll go with no.
3: I don't know. <laughs>
0: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and we're here. And yes. So, alright, about that time. Any second now. Come on. (laughs) There we go. This week in... Music. Movies. And TV. What? Alright, so the uh, time that was picked was the release of the original Longest Yard, August 30th, 1974.
2: I was like four days away from being born. Crazy.
0: Wait a second. You were right.
2: born- oh yeah. <laughs> September third, nineteen seventy
1: four. Ah. I wouldn't yep. exist for almost two years.
2: Mike already existed. Pat has always
3: been. I had a. I had a job.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. So music. The number one song in the land was "You're Having My Baby" by Paul Anka and Odia. Co. I never I never can say that last name. Cotes? No, yes. Coach? Coats? C O A T E S? Coates? C-o-a-t-e-s? I'm pretty sure that's just Coats. Coats.
3: All right, we'll go with Coats. Like do you call it Holonotes?
2: I
0: do, but
3: Oteas?
0: Hmm. Otis? He Yes, Otias
3: meal. O H. <laughs>
2: Uh, so moving on, albums released this week included I'm Leaving It All Up to You by Donnie and Murray Osmond Sally Can't Dance by Lou Reed Greatest Hits by Alice Cooper I Can Stand a Little Rain by Joe Cocker and Paper Lace by Paper Lace Who the hell is Paper Lace?
3: Uh, the Night Chicago Died That was their only hit Obviously, I know that song Self-titled
0: yeah. song really didn't do as well as Bad Companies did apparently
2: <laughs> it's a good point uh, Aaron Asher Barrett Was born on August 30th He was the lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter Of the ska-punk band Real Big Fish Prior to forming Real Big Fish, Barrett played Trombone in another ska-punk act
0: The Scholars
2: And he most recently formed the Forces of Evil
0: It's not a band that's actually The, the, group the actual of group, force group of, of villains, yeah, it's, yeah They all wear I love, checkered coats
2: Real Big Fish is a lot of fun uh, the Scholars was good as well, but uh, I played the hell out of some real big fish back in the day. I'm telling I you,
3: no know real big fish. I don't know the Scholars. I know of real big fish, but I don't. Know, I'm not familiar with their stuff. I bet. I bet it has a lot of trombones and fast paced guitar. They
0: they did a ska cover of Take on Me. Yep. Oh. Yeah.
2: So. It's you know it's sophomore humor, lots of cursing. It's it's fun. And finally, in music. Bak Bashar. Bakar? Bakar! Bakar! <laughs> <laughs> Born September 4th as an American Israeli singer, dancer, model, actress, and showgirl. She was a member of the Pussycat Dolls, but she left the group in February 2008. She is currently a member of the electro-pop duo called Lady Station, and she's one day younger than I am. Hmm. To the day. That's
3: how, that, yeah, that, that's how days work, Joel. She's one day to the day. Yep. September 3rd, 1934.
2: <laughs> September 4th,
3: 1974. Yeah, we, we understand calendars. You don't need to explain it to us.
2: She was born on the 4th. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, moving on to movies. The
1: number one movie in the land was The Longest Yard. Yes.
2: Ah. No way!
1: Yeah, go figure. Also, Raymond Park, born August 23rd, is a Scottish actor, author, and martial artist. He's best known for playing Darth Maul in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and spoiler, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Ah. And for roles ah. in X-Men, and the, uh, both the X-Men and G.I. Joe franchises.
0: X-Men, he was Toad, wasn't he?
3: Yes. yes.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yes, he was Toad.
3: Mm. You know what happens when lightning strikes a Toad?
0: Same thing that happens
2: to everything else. Still. Greatest line in the history of film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Not no. angry
3: about that line again. <laughs> <laughs> like when that line happened in the theater, did you did you actually say what the fuck? I may have. Well,
2: I don't know if it's worse than I'm the juggernaut bitch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that one was pretty bad.
2: That's pretty terrible too.
1: All right, and finally, Marcel Achard, who died September 4th, was a French playwright and screenwriter. His popular sentimental comedies made him a highly recognizable name in his country's theatrical and literary circles for five decades. He was elected to the Académie Française in 1959. His play, La Idiote, was the basis for Blake Edwards, acronym of the week, A.S.I.T.D., which I'm pretty sure stands for a suture in the
0: dick. Mm. Oh, ow. Ah. Oh. No. no it, why would you do that? That's what you get no. after you get hit with a football in the dick.
3: Oh. Oh. oh ah. Ah.
0: No, it's bueno. Topical.
3: No, that would be a shot in the dark.
1: Ah, based on the Ozzy Osbourne song of the same name. <laughs> No, it was actually the first film featuring Peter Sellers as Inspector Jacques Clouseau in the lead role.
2: He's one day deader than I am.
0: That's not that's not how that works yeah. either. Yeah, it's not a thing, dude.
2: <sighs> you guys don't know how anything works. Fucking magnets. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. Okay, so TV, uh, top shows in the land. We're all in the family: The Jeffersons, Sanford and Son, and Chico and the Man. As it would be. That's a good lineup. I think out of those, I think the only one of those I'm not, like, enthusiastic enthusiastic about is probably Chico and the Man.
3: Yeah, we've
1: had this discussion. I was yeah, going to say, yeah. everyone says that, but I, I like Chico and the Man.
0: I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying if somebody said, hey, you can have one of these shows, Chico and the Man, I don't think it would even be, like, one of my
2: choices. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm still watching All in the Family. I'm working my way through the entire run. Nice. Cool. Yep. The uh-huh. uh, episode with, um uh, oh, crap. Sammy Davis Jr. Yes. That is the best episode by far so far.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: Fucking hilarious.
3: It is a great li- episode.
2: Literally laughing out loud at work and people are looking at me. Hmm. Anyway,
0: sorry. So. Uh, Charles Lindbergh, American aviator, who was the first to fly solo uh, across the Atlantic Ocean, died of lymphoma at 72 on August 26. He's way deader than I am. Is that how you're going to like, ranking people?
2: Yeah, it's a shame about his baby,
0: though. How much deader am I than you? <laughs> I'm just. Well, curious. you're not dead yet, so oh.
2: I can't. I can't do that. It's not until you die. I, th- I, th- so I th- thought you'd you be like, stone
0: dead soon. <laughs> you thought you, had, if you were like two days, I'd be like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Eric Milligan, born August 25th, is an actor best known for his role as Doctor Zach Addy on the series Bones. I read that
2: as <laughs> I read that as Doctor Zayas. The first in my head, I'm like <gasps> Planet of the Apes, and I was like, oh shit.
0: He's just on Bones. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. That would make Dr. Bones Zaius, a little bit Dr. more Zaius. interesting.
2: <laughs> right? I love you, Dr. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Also, born September 3rd, Claire Elizabeth <laughs> Kramer is best known for her role of Glory on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. And for her role as Courtney in Bring It On. She is a co-founder mm-hmm. of Geek Nation and hosts the podcast Take 5 with Claire Kramer. She is exactly the
2: same age as me. You go, girl.
0: But mm-hmm. is she Hollywood hot?
2: <laughs> Hollywood hot. Real. Tonight on Hollywood hot, Claire Elizabeth
0: Kramer. Is she hot or is she not?
3: <laughs> she just writes itself.
0: Right? In a way, yeah. Um, so September 2nd was a live airing of the ninth annual Jerry Lewis muscular dystrophy telethon.
2: Lady, make a donation. Watch the documentary about Jerry Lewis. Fascinating guy. He's
3: huge in France.
2: Name your sex <laughs> name. <laughs> Boy,
3: Moving on to sports. <laughs> on <clears throat> on <laughs> September 2nd at the inaugural PGA Tournament Players Championship, Jack Nicholas won the first of his three TPC titles, finishing two strokes ahead of runner-up JC Sneed. Think you're making that up.
0: <laughs> he sounds like a bad
2: guy. J C. <laughs> Sneed
3: <laughs> On September third, NBA Hall of Famer and legendary Superstar Oscar Robertson retired. He left the NBA with twenty six thousand seven hundred and ten points, nine thousand eight hundred and eighty seven assists, and seven thousand eight hundred and four rebounds in one thousand and forty games. Wow.
2: should clean that shit up?
3: That is a lot of numbers. Yes. And I wish
2: you would have said Hoffer. I like that better than
0: Hall of Fame, <laughs> Hoffer.
3: And lastly, no, not nope, lastly. Nope. I'm sorry. There's two points left.
0: We can only mm-hmm. hope.
3: <clears throat> well, let's just, I'm going to skip to the last point first. Uh-huh. NFL players born this week included Jason Taylor, Jeremy O'Day, Sean Woodson, Freddie Scott, Darren Benson, and Mike Jenkins. Now we're ending with our cricket fact.
0: <laughs>
3: oh. All right. All right. Lincoln Roberts, born September 4th in Trinidad and Tobago, is a former West Indian cricketer who played one test for West Indies and 51 first-class games for Trinidad and Tobago. Roberts made his first-class debut in 1996 after impressive one-day form. It took until 1999 for him to score his maiden first-class century. A month later, he made his test debut against Australia despite a first-class average of 22. He made a seven-ball duck. But he, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he did make.
3: <laughs> you made that one up. No, I, and, I swear you didn't. I swear just like I didn't. that, I'm out. Goodbye. That's, why, I'm that's why I had to talk about Lincoln Roberts. He made a seven ball duck, but he did make history in becoming the first player from the Trin- Trinidad and Tobago team to play Test cricket.
2: Okay, so in cricket, a duck is a batsman's dismissal for a score of zero.
3: Oh, so he uh, struck a guy out in seven balls, basically. Oh, he knocked all the wickets down in seven balls, and the batsman didn't hit any. Oh, you know. wow.
0: Seven ball duck.
3: He's, that's impressive, a seven <laughs> that, ball duck.
2: He's an E.T. for sure. Jesus.
3: <laughs> so that ends our tweet for this week. Play us off, Joel. Who? Joel.
0: Keyboard Joel.
3: Nah, 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 oh, nah, nah. My bad, I forgot your title.
0: Uh, I worked hard for that title. So <laughs> no, You are now going to be known as Seven Ball Duck. We <laughs> <laughs> can get Seven Ball Duck with a combo for eight from New Food City.
2: <laughs> New Food City, you order now.
0: that's <laughs> going to be what else go there, order a Seven Ball Duck. Be like, I don't know. Just throw some shit in the dish. He don't know. <laughs> All right, so The Longest Yard, 1974. A uh, story of a uh, de-defrocked? Defamed? Deframed. Deflowered? Deflowered, sure, that too. Uh, Defrosted? Delicious? (laughs) De-lovely to look at, delightful to hold. hold.
2: Football is better. (laughs)
1: This Good. has already gone off the rails, and we've barely <laughs> said the longest yard.
0: <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying to do. At least getting that the statement out of what this movie is about.
3: Like, herding cats.
0: Uh, thank you, IMDb, for the... this one prison inmates form a football team to challenge the prison guards. Thank you, IMDb. You're welcome. Yeah. So no, it's a uh Dufain. You just read
3: the you just read the description for the remake. You're in the now. Oh you need I need to scroll up into oh, the shit. End. That's Adam Sandler. I mean still accurate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm like, that's not the description that's in the show notes.
2: <laughs> yeah, the one in the show notes is a little bit more for seventy four,
3: but we would have caught on when he's like the nineteen seventy four version starring Adam oh. Sandler.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. You put it on the below the director. I <laughs> was just a baby. <laughs> god this is i anticipate such a shit show
3: I'm, I'm sorry for laughing at even encouraging him but that was a good one
0: that <laughs> was a sadistic warden that's a former pro quarterback now serving time in his prison to put together a team of inmates to take on and get pummeled by the guards football team so this is directed by robert aldrich who is known for such things as the Dirty Dozen, Kiss Me Deadly, and whatever happened to Baby Jane? So he's known for doing light-hearted, fun movies. <laughs> uh, strangely, yeah, he did the Frisco Kid. Nah, yeah, that qualifies. The, you know, the the
3: he's, de- he's definitely got a dark place to pull from for his humor. Yeah, he yes. does.
0: But that was the Gene Wilder and Harrison Ford western comedy that nobody knew they wanted. Uh... <clears throat> Also written by Tracy Keenan Wynn uh, who wrote such things as Mean Machine, The Drowning Pool, uh, The Quest. Let the bodies the floor. Let the bodies Don't do that. Okay, stop.
3: Why are we whispering?
2: Keep the bodies where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> On the table.
0: <laughs> and Al Ruddy, as the writer of the story... Uh, he had wrote or known for, also wrote million dollar baby the godfather and cannonball no, run 2.
2: oh screenplay again lighthearted
0: comedies all of them i that's so weird okay so we got he writes the longest yard how the west was won and then megaforce <gasps> oh um, classic what is Megaforce? Oh God, it's a Barry it Boswick classic. Look <laughs> it up, and you will you will want to watch it tomorrow.
3: Oh, it's. Uh, I, I don't know with 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 as strong of an endorsement you're okay. giving it. I'm I'm going to tell you
0: this right now. If you go on IMDb and look up look up um, Megaforce, it's going to say below this more like this, and there's Star Crash.
3: I'm
2: out. <laughs> Aww, but there's like cool ass like trucks and stuff in it, and. Shooting.
3: So it's like Maximum Overdrive? No, thank pew, you.
0: Pew,
2: pew, pew. No, Maximum Overdrive. No. It's not a horror movie.
0: It's an action movie. <laughs> All right. So this is starring Burt Reynolds as Paul Crew, the former pro quarterback and cud-chewer, according to Joel. Eddie Albert as Warren Hazen, uh, who is he does a good job of going from the guy from Green Acres, happy-go-lucky really charming dude to too, pretty fucking terrifying
3: yeah, to entirely menacing
0: yes yeah it seems but it, it just seems like that like a lot of the actors that can do that where they play these like lovable type characters and other shows can like completely flip it around and go full evil
2: like leslie nielsen in creep
0: show yes oh uh, don't fuck with him very oh. up to your neck in the sand no shit uh, uh ed Lauder. And uh, I did not recognize who he was until he started shouting at the uh, team and realized he was a coach from Not Another Teen movie. (laughs) He's done a lot of – he's one of those character actors. You see him and you go, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Michael Conrad. uh, Nate Scarborough was also some guy named Jimbo in The Six Million Dollar Man. Well, and he was on Hill Street Blues.
3: Yep. Yep. Let's be careful out Uh, there. That was him. uh, Oh. I have
0: a dirty secret. Yeah, uh, we know. Yeah, you have discussed it. You've never, this, seen okay. it. I've never
3: seen
0: it. Never seen it. If it ever shows up on Netflix, I will watch all the seasons. It's really good. James mm-hmm. Hampton as uh, caretaker. We did another show with him not that long ago. We did. He was a dad mm-hmm. from uh, Teen Wolf. Yep. Yep. So, and also in uh, Hanger Eighteen and Sling Blade. Who Hanger Eighteen? Oh, Sling Blade's amazing. Yeah, good mm-hmm. stuff.
2: Harry mm-hmm. Caesar
0: as Granville. Again, uh, known for, he was, let's see, he was in Few Good Men, the old school, uh, Bird on a Wire from 1990, a lot of, another one of those character actors.
3: I thought he was, um, Yafit Kodo at first.
0: Well, I could see that. I did too.
2: Funny enough, I was like, don't fuck with him, he was an alien. And then I was like, oh wait, that's not him.
0: Well, he wasn't exactly that helpful <laughs> an alien either. No.
3: Or Running Man, for that matter.
0: hmm Uh, John Stedman as Pops. Uh, He was also Fred in the original The Hills Have Eyes, which we also watched a long time ago. Ugh. Yeah, and he's also played such classic characters as, from Simon and Simon, Buck Yancey's Landlord. (laughs) Dude, that's the best episode. From just our luck, Uncle Harry. And everyone remembers him from the TV show Trying Times, where he played Grandpa Buckshot. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen it, but it's on my list now. Oh, and I'm sure there's a lot of things on your list, uh, oh, sir. Charles me. Tyler as Unger, another one of those guys I that know. you look at him and you go, hey, I know that guy. Uh, Harold and Maude, he played Uncle Victor, and I think all of us will probably remember him from Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. Yep. There's Gus. That's also, why. I... Oh, sorry. Also, uh, Boss Higgins and Cool Hand Luke. That's why I threw him in there, was Plane, Trains. And I was like, hey. Bernadette Peters is also in here along with her hair.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they yeah. somehow managed to make her unsexy. I don't she know. She
0: kind of looks like maybe she
2: was eating McClurg's mom, you know, from Ferris Bueller. Like
0: Oh, yeah, like she'd start pulling pencils out of her hair. That
2: yeah,
3: Paul Crew is right. a righteous
0: dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure for all of us, the thing we remember her most for it was from being in The Jerk with Steve Martin. Yep. Richard Keel as Samson. You all know is Jaws else. from the uh, yep. from the James Bond movies. Don't forget Mobbusters,
2: the Dennis and Joel classic.
0: And you Bust Through a Wall. Ready to go full circle here, here Joel? Robert Tesseter, who plays Shockner, who is Oh a-
1: yeah, I knew why he was in this because I, I actually recognized
0: him. Oh yeah. Ready, Pat? He also played Chief Thor in Star Crash. Yep. He was the other cop with L. Yep. I
1: had
2: to throw him in there.
1: Oh yeah. I, I knew. I was like, Joel did this. He was the last
0: one. I know why. He was the last one Because I
2: didn't it. want Pat to miss it.
1: Uh, Pat,
0: Pat.
2: <laughs> we should Go revisit the Star princess.
0: Crash movie. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna pick it up on Blu-ray at some point. I'm excited.
0: They put it on Blu-ray? I mean, oh, I'm yeah, I'm all for features. bad movies, dude, but that's that's something else right there.
2: Hey, it's it's Roger Corman. True. He's got a huge following.
0: All right. So, uh, Burt Reynolds' brother. I'm sorry. Trivia. Burt Reynolds' brother is a player wearing the black jersey, number 65, seeing running beside Reynolds in the final play of the game. Ah. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. So, Ray Nishke, the Green Bay Packer great, played a game called Kill the Star while on the playing field with Burt Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a gap. He was really pleased about that. What are we playing? Um, the climactic football game of the end, where you think you're at the very end of the movie, takes up 47 minutes of running time.
2: Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, it's a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most football movies, you know, there's football sprinkled throughout it, but that's that's like more than half the film out there. Almost.
0: Well, I mean, they. It, you figure, I mean, the pacing, everybody wants to get to the game and... Nobody got the game practice. Yeah. So,
1: and honestly, I've seen some of those sports movies where the game is like 10 minutes and that kind of feels like a ripoff.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I mean, it had a two hour runtime, so I guess it's not quite half.
0: No, but that means it's, I think you got what you were asking for. It's like you, you go into this movie where you want the criminals playing up against the, the guards and they, they gave you what you wanted 47 minutes of pretty damn violent football. Switch
1: yeah, map. and most of the rest of it is them setting up who the characters are, mm-hmm. which is acceptable as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. Uh, actor Richard Keel is too big for the Mean Machine helmet in the dressing room scene, where you can see him clearly yeah. struggling to fit a normal head helmet on. And I, know, failing. So I
3: did notice that because he, he was the first one, like when he started throwing helmets, you know, he being the tallest, he easily grabbed the first one and he's just standing there trying to like squeeze it down onto his <laughs> head. It's just not happening. <laughs>
0: Please cut this out. Please cut this out. Uh, (laughs) The story is trying. (laughs) Later in the game scenes, you can see that his helmet is clearly a different design uh, to the other players. Burt Reynolds and Mike Henry would meet again a few years later in Smokey and the Bandit movies. Mike Henry played Sheriff Justice's son. Oh, nice. Yeah. I hope it's a big cookie, Daddy. When I'm getting home, I'm punching your mama square in the mouth. (laughs) There's no way you came from my loins. (laughs) (laughs) I can't (laughs) get Oh, wait. And uh, finally, two years after they appeared in The Longest Yard, Burt Reynolds and Bernadette Peters would both appear in Mel Brooks' silent movie, although they never had any scenes together. I thought
2: that was a nice tie-in just because, you know, we're all Mel Brooks fans.
0: Yeah, that's neat. And the silent movie was pretty good. Yeah, I think it's very underrated. Ready, Josh? Who is the only person to have a vocal, the only line in silent movie? Marcel Marceau. Very good. And if you guys would like to hear more about Marcel Marceau, go back to <laughs> Mime. We actually did a show Mime Show. Yep. Back in like what? Well, God, that was like episode fifty-six. Yeah, it's like April of twenty fourteen. It's a little while back, That's but while. it's worth your effort. Yes. Um, probably one of our highest-rated shows. Yep. So. Is this a uh, first viewing for any of us? Yes. What? Yes. Yes. What? What? Not all of us grew up in Texas, Pat. Yeah, not all of us are Burt Reynolds worshippers. Don't don't be what? too sure about that, but at the same time, I have not seen this movie until now. I don't know. I don't know where I was going.
3: This was probably like my sixth viewing of this movie. Jeez. Really? Yeah. I love this movie. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: So. I don't have anything against sports films in general, but like uh, the, uh, many of them are pretty interchangeable to me. So they can't like- all be Major League.
3: <laughs> that is one of the best sports movies out there. Period.
2: I don't know. Don't discount Hoosiers.
3: I don't. I, oh. I love I love Hoosiers, but yeah, Major League is very good.
2: I mean, I don't. Uh, Kingpin. Is that a sports movie? I qualify.
3: Is Space that people? even a good
1: movie?
3: <laughs> oh, what? Oh, it is hysterical.
1: <laughs> It has one funny scene to me. and You forget oh. how much I hate gross out of humor. It's still...
2: It's, <laughs> it's, it's like you took something loose there, Tiger. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about The Longest Yard. So it's the first time we've all seen it. Yes. Except for Penn. Who's
0: I, seen I it? had no idea that the there was a uh, prison hazing of putting mud in each other's boots.
3: That well, that's strange. not. Yeah, that's not really a thing. I'm sure
0: that's kind of a strange scene. Yeah, well, no, it was kind of a, like, I'm gonna fuck with you.
1: You're gonna do anything about it? Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing back to you. All right.
0: <laughs> and I'm they played this. It, like I, I, slapstick. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not so much as that that was going on. I think it was the music that put me off.
1: And it was weird because they devoted a whole lot of time to building up that guy's character, and by the third act, he was not important at all.
3: Yeah, that was very weird. How he just disappeared as a member of the team
2: yeah i figured he was going to be like one of the saving graces on the field and he never really
3: yeah he was just
0: a dude mm. yep just a dude who likes mud in his pants i did
1: learn that apparently burt reynolds before he became an actor like he was a big
2: football player
1: like yeah he played, played in college
3: yeah
2: mm. can can we talk about uh his violence against women I did not find that appealing at all.
3: Well, yeah, I think that was a little bit of... Uh, we didn't really get 70s pacing in this movie, but we definitely got some 70s sensibilities, and that was one of them. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, between that and the, the car chase, it was very 70s from the get-go. Because, you know, then the, it seemed to be a little bit more prevalent in films that there was that kind of treatment, but it just... It, it immediately put me off,
0: and...
3: you Well, know, it, was, it was definitely not a scene that would be included, you know, in like they in today's remake. Yeah,
0: and, and Okay, and the one thing I have to toss in here, it's not like she was a calm, rational person either. <laughs> that isn't justified, though. I mean, no, they're he, well, both
1: pretty shitty. Well, yeah, yeah,
0: both pretty shitty. I mean, he said he doesn't want to have sex, and she went off on him. I mean, turn that switch around. I mean, change, change the genders in that conversation for the opening scene of a movie. Well,
3: he, I mean, he did throw her off the bed physically. So if
0: it was a woman who was pushing a man off the bed because she didn't want to do it, everybody would be like, oh, that's cool.
3: Yeah. I don't disagree with that, but I just think it was one of the, it was a scene that did not age. Well, it's really, no, the, for well,
2: sure. I mean, when you, when you have your hero that you're supposed to be rooting for ultimately, you know, they, a lot of times you got your, your main character that starts off being kind of a shitty person that then flips the script and becomes, you know, learns a life lesson, which eh, he kind of did. But when he starts off on that note, it kind of makes me go, yeah, this guy's really a shitty person. He's not just a shitty person. He's really
3: I, a shitty I, person. I think, honestly, it was probably just a bad choice for the director to quickly and brutally show that this guy is hit rock bottom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what they were going for. But, yeah, it definitely is a whoa moment with, like, looking back from modern eyes.
2: Yeah. And it made it, it it turned me off to the movie for the until the football started, actually.
0: Uh, another really confusing moment of that opening scene was while you're arresting a guy who's been driving maniacally, dumped a car in the in the water, and then goes to the bar, do you really like play the insult game with him?
3: Well, a celebrity, very possibly, I guess ah, true. I mean, you do get a little little extra leeway being a celebrity, I'm sure. I mean, you know, being the talent, I get, you know, some. (laughs) Oh, yeah. your leeway.
2: (laughs) They were definitely pushing his buttons, though. Yeah. But he was pushing right back. You know, he was making jokes and each one of them was laughing at the joke at the other person's expense. What
0: was he calling the short guy? The short cop in the beginning, like midget cop or mini cop or something
2: like that. He said they had like a midget force or something like that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I had there was a lot of stuff going on in the house while I was watching this. So I put the subtitles on. In the subtitles, they change that cop's name to, like, Midget Cop. (laughs) (laughs) So it's... Whenever he speaks, it pops up and says Midget Cop. So it's... That was kind of funny. I've watched that movie. Oh, yeah. Totally watch that movie. Midget Cop? Yeah. Somebody get on that. All right. Tiny people are better. (laughs) As cops. I don't know. (laughs) So then he goes to prison.
2: Yeah. Now, Patrick, since you've seen this so many times, was this one of your dad's favorites or was this just one that you came? Yeah.
3: My to dad, see? my dad really enjoyed this movie. So there were, you know, there was a lot of playings of it on the VCR.
2: Gotcha. Okay. I wondered if maybe that was the case, if that's where you got introduced to it. Yep. Um, a lot of these kind of movies from that period seem to be kind of the trend, the, the, you know, the ones.
3: And that- it, Cause if you think about it, like it was full of all the, you know, football and Hollywood stars of the day. So, you know, kind of like the remake.
2: Right, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of big names in that. Sorry, the the football, yes. Mm. You, you know,
1: I watched these in reverse order, and one of the things that kind mm-hmm. of surprised me is how much more violent this one was.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, by the end, there's at least one permanently crippled guard and one who's probably just dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, they never resolve that. They're like, he's not breathing. Give him mouth to mouth. You do it.
0: I, what the hell is up with that? There's a guy dying on the field. Oh, you know, hey, you be, we better give him mouth to mouth. I'm not gay, you know, right? What? <laughs> really? I mean, he took a Hippocratic oath. Well, I mean, not for a referee. Yeah. No. Back to the football game. <laughs> <laughs> Put him well, in, the in a big
3: white car.
0: They'll just think he's fine.
3: Don't, don't go to a prison rodeo if you think that's violent.
0: <laughs> what do they ride the inmates? I was thinking the same thing, Mike. I was just trying to figure out. I was going to say when,
3: when the guys get, you know, thrown and bucked off the the. There's not a whole lot of sympathy going on.
2: So how do they practice? They have like a mechanical inmate. They ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my point here is
1: like I, I. The point would be taken if it were prisoners, but it those was, were guards.
0: Yeah. yeah. You, you do that to someone who's in authority. I'm sorry. Football stops. And that's the thing is that like the. the the prisoner, I mean, the, when the prisoners got hurt and taken off, they got taken off to the hospital, got their knee packed up and got to listen to the game on the radio. This guy gets carted off. Oh, taking him off in an ambulance. Well, that was a thing. Now moving on. And nobody. Eh, eh, I,
2: better call a Hurst.
1: Yeah, I have no sympathy for the guys because the the guards were absolutely deserving in this movie. But it was like, holy crap.
2: Mm hmm. Well, and and after the the first time that he throws a ball at his nuts and then they, you know, dogpile him, I I'm surprised they didn't I mean they called a penalty, but you know, a, then after the second time, you think they would have reacted more for
0: sure. I I cringed when you, that, you cringed. Oh yeah, that's right. You only got one left. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not the last one.
2: <laughs> Not I'm Kenneth. A, J. noise water.
3: <laughs> I'm against this. Yeah, yeah, that, that, <clears> throat> that, throat> that was a, that's uncomfortable to watch that scene. Definitely.
0: Now, don't you think after the first time they did that, they'd be? I mean, it worked so good the first time. So anyway, uh, Richard Keel, I think, was really good to the whole thing. I mean, he he as the a standard giant monster guy. I'm oh, I so excited you know. to see him, just in general. <clears throat> oh yeah, and the young Richard Keel too.
2: And I mean, that's the role that he kind of got cast in, and he ran with it, and mm-hmm. you know, good on him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got a good, uh, got a good run of that with, with, Jaws, with Jaws. Was after this, wasn't it?
2: Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure this was what seventy four.
0: Seventy
1: four, yeah. That sounds about right because you're talking like Roger Moore era Bond.
0: Mm. Yeah, that was mid to later 80s.
1: So so yeah, this would be yeah, five, six years before.
2: I'm trying to look it up here. Just at least. Awesome. Uh nineteen seventy
0: seven. Okay. Wow.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. So yeah, just a couple of years before.
0: Yeah. So um Eddie Albert. The end telling the guard to shoot him.
2: I mean he was already pretty evil. And whatnot, but, you know, you you really saw that come out even more at that point. Played a really good bad guy.
0: Yeah, the whole time I'm watching, I'm going, Wilbur would be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. Wilber, the I pig. get
2: allergic smelling hey.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, for a... Honestly, we did get some of the 70s pacing. We did get some of the weird... uh uh, 70s music, like that that slapstick music with the whole mud scene and, you know, definitely a lot of, uh, you know, 70s sensibilities. Yes.
1: Yeah, there were weird scenes. It was like, I'm not sure why this is here or what it adds. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like, especially once you got to the game itself, all of the really crazy, like three or four screens, split screen all over the place. That was really cool. That editing, like, every time it came up, I was like, this is really neat.
0: Yeah, that – that sometimes when they do editing or stuff like that in the movies, it really pulls away from it. But that one, it it almost enhanced the game because it turned it into, like, a a Monday night football type of situation.
2: Well, and I felt they handled the football really well. Um, I mean, as far as, you know, shooting it and, you know, making it interesting for people like myself who – have a minimal understanding of football. I could still follow what was going on and still enjoy the movie, even though I didn't, you know, know
0: everything that was actually well, happening in terms of the game. Now, Pat, here's a question that play where he throws the ball back and the guy kicks it. Is that a legal thing? Is that a thing?
3: Yeah, it's called a drop kick. It's a, that's a real thing. It, people don't do it because it's, it's kind of difficult to do, but yeah, hmm. it's a real thing.
0: Can we also just talk for a little bit about the death of Caretaker?
3: Yeah, it's kind of messed up.
0: Yeah, that
1: was... Kind of foreshadowed, though. Like, I mean, the guy, the snitch, was an arsonist. And as far as I'm concerned, the way it was set up is like the warden pointed him at someone. He was trying to get crew, though.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that, the thing that I... I almost kind of knew that... um. I thought he was actually going after Caretaker first instead of Crew because in the very beginning, when um, God, what was it? Wasn't uh Unger? Was telling, him, oh Crew, I'm a, I'm your biggest fan, and he's like, Oh, well you know he got here first, and I'm like, oh shit, there he goes. Yeah, when he
3: was creepy, running his fingers over his shoulder through the fence.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that was that was creepy. That was strange.
2: Um, what did you guys think about the use of slow motion at the end for the final sequence with the football, the last play?
0: I had, I think that really pulled me out of it because they left in whoever was doing the foley uh for it left all those weird grunts and noises in the background. I think if they had just had the slow mo with music or something, I think it would have bl- meshed a lot better.
3: Well, I think you were trying to do the whole, you know, um physical the 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 war type like like aspect of football. Mm. I think it was trying to make like an artistic scene was what it was really all about. And it was almost like it was that last
1: yard. Like they weren't going for a uh, pun or anything, but it was like, you're supposed
3: to feel how long that last yard is. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't, I I've never, away. I've never minded the, the slow motion. I always thought it was kind of fun. The,
2: that's what I took away from it was that the, the grunts and the fact that it was slowed down was kind of like how it would feel if you were really in that play. That you know that last couple of seconds feels like forever, mm-hmm. um, and once the whistle blows, is, until the ball is dead, the play can go on as long as it needs to go, right?
3: Correct.
0: Okay, so that's long, what I thought. Yeah, so as long as the ball is in motion, or they're moving, is that? I mean, yeah, that'd...
3: yeah, as long until the ball is is declared dead. Okay, the play the play continues, and and a game can never end on a defensive penalty. So, like, you know, as soon as the clock runs out, if you're the defense, you could just, you know, do something illegal to make the refs call a foul and end the game. Well, that, you know, then you would just basically start to play over. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have that rule.
0: OK. Yeah, I, but, I th-
3: think they did do
0: a good job of making sure that you didn't have to, like, read up on a book on football before watching.
3: And I think, I think the reason they did it in slow motion is because... You know, like like Joel said, they're trying to give you that feeling of being one of the players going for that last longest yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, way to bring mm-hmm. it around. Good job, Pat. Okay.
2: Um I I don't feel like it was necessary, but did anybody I they don't really resolve what happens to crew after the game ends.
3: Well, they don't resolve what happens to anyone. I mean, the entire team is probably locked up in the hot box for a month.
2: Yeah, and it kind of it kind of left me half-wondering, like, you know, just like a quick, like, words on the screen. Crew was released, you know, whatever. Well, like or something.
3: End,
0: like at the end of uh, Animal House? Yes.
3: Well, see, I don't think that would work for this movie because it ends on a high note. The guards, you know, lose the game, and the warden has been defeated in the game and everything. If you ended on... Every one of these guys spent, you know, two weeks in the hot box afterwards. Four of them died of heat exposure. Blah blah blah. Then suddenly, you're like, oh well, that wasn't such a high ending after all. Right. Well, yeah.
2: But uh, I, not to jump to the remake just yet. But the, the remake, at least with some of the dialogue that was spoken, you got a bit more sense of closure. But in this one, you, you kind of wonder what's going to happen to him afterwards. You know, granted he kind of had he- his redemption, but right, exactly. It seemed like he could potentially end up like caretaker or,
0: you know, locked up for many, many years. I I read the book. He was raped to death by Richard Keel in the shower the next day.
3: (laughs) I think the fact that it's open-ended makes the movie better, personally. I I agree.
0: Because you don't have to have a forced everything's
1: going to be okay. Like, if you stop to think about it, everything's not going to be okay. But they want to leave you on a happy ending without thinking too much about how shitty it's going to be for all of them in a week.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's, it's their moment in the sun, but that's they're still in prison ultimately. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like it needed it, but at, in a way, for, at least for him in this version, I needed just a just a like a smidge more of something to tell me what was go- where it was going. And but,
1: the fear is like, do you s- uh, sacrifice the? Uh, I don't want to say realism, but like the. Believability of what would happen, or do you sacrifice your happy ending? Those are the choices. If you get more,
2: yeah, right. that's true. But that's—I mean—that's a sign of of good writing, though, is if you leave your audience kind of wanting more of that character or that thing. And it's not that I wanted more of him.
0: Uh, well, it's it's almost—I mean, it's the same kind of, in at least in the same genre of ending as like uh, Inception. You know, I didn't it, see a top he leaves you no there was no top joel it leaves you oh. ha- with the hanging question of what happens next
3: there were plenty of tops it was prison uh
0: what? and that time for break yeah i think that's <laughs> a good time for break and uh yeah hmm. Her and let pat go get something out of his system yeah breaks are better <laughs> god bless it he got god, any, it's keeping it to a minimum he got any got any uh insight for us patrick on this movie that uh for watching it six or seven times
3: honestly no i just i really like this movie Uh, i think it's fun um i think the football is is mostly accurate um and and just as somebody that that you know has practiced and played football before i mean just that's one of the things i appreciate about it i was kind it's been a while since i've watched it it's probably been a good 10 years or so since i've seen it I was a little bit worried it was going to have aged poorly, but no, I mean, it's still all the same things that I, I remember, you know, I mean, I, I remember not really caring for the domestic violence scene before. Mm-hmm. And now you loved it. Yeah. But yeah, I turned my, you know, I changed my mind on that. Oh, that's just, yeah. Uh, a tour, <laughs> yeah. a tour. But no, just, you know, knowing who some of the people were, you know, helps. Cause like knowing who the old school football players were and, yeah, you know, I mean, There was some brushing over, like you guys said, of a lot of the injuries and stuff. But again, I think that's one of those things where if we had focused on all that, you lose the whole message of, you know, for once, you know, the prisoners are the winners. Hmm. So I still quite enjoy it. It's not it's not quite as uh, it's more nostalgic than anything. You know, you know, the reasons behind my enjoying it. But I'm just glad it, it didn't suck didn't blow up in your face yeah yeah
0: josh you got anything
3: apparently not all right then <laughs> josh did not like this movie as much oh it was fine like i,
1: I didn't hate it and there were th- like i said I, I think i've said what i had to say about it the, the thing that impressed me most was the ending in the football the, the editing in the football scene
0: nice All right, so we're going to take a break. We come back. We are going to talk about the 2005 Longest Yard. I'm back. How do I retroactively delete a show idea?
3: (laughs) I thought you were going to say delete a (laughs) co-host.
2: Holy shit. That got dark. (laughs) That broke his fucking neck. (laughs) I'm not going into the prison cell and turning on a light anytime soon.
3: You have a prison cell?
0: Yeah, it's in the basement.
3: All right, we're gonna take a break. It's right, the, it's right next to the well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and the and the and the uh, shelf full of lotion. <laughs> All right, so in 2005, somebody said, "You know what we need to do?" And they said, "What?" So we need to do a remake. Of The Longest Yard. Remakes are better! <laughs> I want to be angry at him, but he's got kind of good timing tonight with that. Right. So, uh, a one Peter Seagal got together and said, Hey, let's do this after I got finished directing Get Smart and uh, Naked Gun 33 And, a half, and uh, we'll see what we do from there. So, uh, yeah, like I said, this is the prison inmates form a football team to challenge prison guards. Yes. Which, uh, you know, is accurate. It's not thrilling or anything, but it's accurate. No, well, I mean they put the IMDB ones are always.
3: T- title of your sex tape. Yeah, IMDb.
0: Oh. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. Like what you did there. Good one, Pat. Yeah. It's not Hollywood hot. <laughs> All right, so credits directed by Peter Segal, oh. Al Ruddy and Tracy Keenan win, also from the 74 screenplay. And then Sheldon Turner uh, took his hand at this version, uh, was also the writer for X-Men First Class, and George Clooney, something called that he did called Up in the Air. Yeah, it was
2: a romantic comedy thing, I think. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, and also... Uh,
3: With Anna Kendrick.
0: Oh. Yeah. Uh, back also, he did uh, the Joel for you. The screenplay to Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning of 2006.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, that was the the better of the two of the remakes before they remade it two more times.
3: You Got want to try it. that again?
2: No, don't. Let's let's not. No, that was that was accurate. The, the Texas yeah, Chainsaw Massacre yeah. has one of the worst.
3: Oh, I like, know what he was say, trying to say. Timelines. I'm just laughing at the syntax for, he used.
0: It's terrible. Their timeline is awful. But, um, yeah, so this went around. uh, I I included a lot of people, by the way, because I just kept
2: going, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people in this. That's a lot of that. Oh, I know that guy type of thing. And occasional cheers for Terry Crews. But um, Adam Sandler uh, as Paul Crew, Chris Rock as caretaker, Burt Reynolds coming back as uh, coach Nate Scarborough, which I thought was pretty, pretty dang cool.
1: Yeah, that was a surprise. I, I didn't look at the cast list before watching this, so that was fun.
0: But uh, um, Nellie as Magget, Uh Michael Irvin as Deacon Moss, Walter Williamson as Errol Dandridge, uh, and if I'm wrong, this has got to be, he's the uh, the teacher from, um, whatchamacallit, the, uh, crap. Mr.
3: Deeds? No, not water. Water boy.
0: Water boy. Yeah, isn't it? Oh. The... Yeah, no. I get most of these
3: Adam Sandler movies with the it medulla oblongata. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's no. He's not. He's not on his list.
3: Huh?
0: Yeah. Hmm. He isn't they, something.
3: They, they went to the same Taylor.
0: Yeah, they definitely <laughs> and did. Taylor? I don't. I don't know why that. That's he seems to have a thing with that outfit on these. Uh, Bill Goldberg. This
3: Taylor's better.
0: <laughs> ah. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Uh, Bill Goldberg as Battle, and uh, Terry Crews as a perfectly cast cheeseburgeretti. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> everything about like the concept of the character and the fact that it's Terry Crews,
0: everything about it makes me laugh.
2: Mm-hmm. I just wish he would have had more screen time. That's all.
0: This is early on. Uh, yeah. Terry Crews also. That's why he didn't. But yeah. Uh, so also there Bob Sapp as Switowski. Uh also one of the best parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh this actually goes all the way back to our very first show with him, because he was Ukafa in Conan the Barbarian, the remake.
2: Oh
0: uh, yeah. Digging deep. Well man, we gotta go back and redo that one just to see if our opinions have changed about flying rigid snakes. <laughs> rigid snake. <laughs> and so uh so, I'm sorry. With this one, Nicholas Turturro is Brucey, who when he came on stage, I was like, "Man, John Turturro was fat." <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, "God damn it! If I close my eyes, that's John Turturro, but it don't look like John Turturro." Man, he put he took Nicholas, off a lot of weight.
2: Nicholas, John, and Ada.
0: Ada Turturro. Turturro. Do they all yeah, have? Yeah, she's it? an actress. Oh. Do she's they all, all have that same? I'm sure they all have that She job. doesn't look like them, but. No. As much. But yeah. if he's are. I'm sure I would. And uh, Dalip Singh is Turley. Dalip Singh, better
1: known as the Great Kali, who's the largest human being I've ever met. Oh, you met him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. I, I worked catering for a WWE event. Oh, very
0: cool. On, um,
3: and he lives uh, about half an hour away from me, so I've actually <clears throat> met him too, briefly, at a bar. Oh, he, he hangs coming? out in a in a casita, which would be like you know if he hung out in uh, Glen Ellen. I just <laughs> oh. want
2: a
0: dollop.
3: So, how do you recognize him when you get in the bar? How do you not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> the one that looks it's like, like three
3: people stacked on top of each other,
0: <laughs> wearing like,
1: another you head. See, <laughs> you see these guys in movies, and like they're making a big deal of how big he is but it's really hard to like describe like this dude does, he looks like someone reskinned a human person over like a 10 foot tall grizzly, grizzly bear.
3: Yeah. I mean, he is goddamn enormous because not only is he almost seven foot five, but I mean, he's, he's wide and just, that is he's a, got, he's goddamn enormous. He's not just tall. He's huge.
0: That's the thing I did notice about him when, when he was standing next to Adam Sandler, I'm like, damn that, this guy isn't just tall. He's like, Equal height and width, but uh, currently is working on a pre-production movie called Zombie Brothel. Nice, I'd watch Starring, it. Starring, ready for this, Heather Locklear, Dalip Singh as Brothel Security, Floyd Mayweather Jr., the insane clown posse, oh no, and James Magnum Cook.
2: You 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 lost me.
0: I lost you there. No, at at the insane glam body. Oh that's that's where you Yeah, I don't need more Shaggy Two Dope in my life. <laughs> just saying. So yeah, so at least he's getting some work. That's good to know. Uh, Tracy Morgan is Miss Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just leave that right there. Edward Bunker is Skitchy Rivers. Sounds Mr like a, Blue. Sounds like a bluegrass band if I heard of anything y'all yes,
2: recognized him as Mr. Blue, right? Yes,
0: we ran Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Mr. Blue from Reservoir Dogs. Uh, William Fichtner as Captain Nauer, as, as the v- creepy ass villain from lots of stuff. I was going to say he, this in this, he was playing the
1: William Fichtner character in like every movie.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, he plays good guys too, but yeah, he does a lot of times play bad guys, and he's good
1: at it. A lot of times he plays bad guys who are in authority roles, cops or military. Yeah, like yeah. this is his wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, and he's fantastic at it. I I think he's even though a very short scene with um, uh, him and uh, the Dark Knight with the uh, right
1: at the beginning right, where he's the mob bank branch manager.
0: Yeah, I think I mean he didn't have a he didn't have a lot of scene he but he was perfect at it so i i like him he's he's a great character actor and you can always enjoy you know you're getting a good uh a good show from him oh yeah definitely so and then uh bill romanowski as guard lambert kevin nash as guard inglehart what's funny about this is
1: kevin nash is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and i didn't recognize him
0: <laughs> what did you recognize him in john wick
1: uh yes
0: yeah I didn't
1: recognize him in this.
0: No, that's he looked a little different. I mean, not a lot, but and uh, Steve Austin as Guard Dunham, which I did not realize that Steve Austin was that much shorter than everybody else. But I suppose <laughs> if you put him around people like Kevin Nash and Bill Romanowski, he's going to look short. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I thought this one was fantastic. Brian Bosworth. The buzz. The buzz. Coming back from 1991, Stone Cold, <laughs> to play Guard Garner. Uh, and currently he is in post-production of something called The Christmas Project 2. Electric Bookaloo. Yes. No way that can go bad. Uh, James Cronwall carrying the uh, the torch of characters that you think are all warm and cuddly, like from Babe, and then completely flip and become har- terrifying as Warren Cromwell
3: been. is one of those. That's just great. in everything he does. That'll he's a do a crew.
0: Confidential. Do. Which one did you say, Josh?
1: LA confidential. That's, that's always my go-to. Like if you haven't seen it, mm. if you want a great James Cromwell role. That's
2: the one. Nice. He's, he's always good though. He's just a solid actor.
0: Oh yeah. And if, uh, actually watching it with the, uh, watching it with the girls, and they recognized him as being uh, the chauffeur from uh, Not Shot in the Dark, uh, Murder by Death. Nice. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's going back a bit. Oh, yeah. I- I'm
1: glad that they reached there. It-, it bothers me that he's such a great actor and everyone immediately goes to Babe.
0: I mean, Babe is Babe was like his big getting noticed type of thing, but uh, we just watched Murder by Death like a week ago. And that, you know, him playing across from uh, James Coco was really, you know, was a great, uh, a great role for him. And then the one, the only Cloris Leachman. Yes. Has Lynette chewing up the scenery and being as awesome as she always is. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, and the second you saw, you know, after watching the original and then seeing Cloris Leachman in this one, I'm like, oh, that's going to be an awkward scene later on. And there was. It, it, but it was hilarious. I'm glad they played it off screwballish instead of, you know, Harold and modish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan Covert as the referee, who is a regular standing person in all of Adam Sandler's movies. He's been in The Wedding yep. Singer, Little Nicky, 51st Dates, and uh, making a transition over to other words as Grandma's boy.
3: Well, he's yeah. one of his best friends in life.
0: That that's why I included him cause, Oh really?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they've been friends since before either one of them was ever famous. Oh.
0: And Rob Schneider, doing the one line he gets in all of Adam Adam Sandler's movies. <laughs> yeah, and when I
1: saw him do it, my eyes rolled. I was just like, "Yeah, I get this is a thing, and this is
3: why I don't like Adam Sandler's movies." Yeah, this like, was the, this was one movie that we could have done without it.
2: Right, Rob and, and that, Schneider is better. When he
1: when he showed up, I was like, I basically just instantly dropped the movie an entire letter grade.
0: Oh, well, I think it's because it's the movie handles funny parts well through the whole thing without getting super goofy. And I think that just dropping him in there is if it was Little Nicky, if it was Mr. Deeds. Yeah, I could see that because it's the goofball. Comedy if it was a straight
3: up, straight up all Adam Sandler creation,
0: yeah. right, right. This was a remake of a of a movie that obviously, like Pat said, people have loved.
3: And you know, I mean, Adam, you can't say Adam Sandler doesn't know, you know, can't make a movie without putting Rob Sandler in there with that line because you know, Rob Sandler, Rob Sandler, or Rob, Sandler Rob Sandler, Rob Schneider did not appear in Punch Drunk Love at any point. Going, you can do it.
2: Rob Schneider is a (laughs) joke.
3: Derp, 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 derp.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah. And it was just like, even the things that were a little cringy in this movie, I I thought was generally funny. And every, like Rob Schneider just fell so
0: flat.
3: It was, it was the most unnecessary scene in the movie for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we haven't even gone through the trivia yet. Yeah.
0: Right. So, uh, Burt Reynolds was supposed to have a stunt double for when he got hit by Brian Bosworth on the uh, touchdown run, but uh, Reynolds said, I can do it. I got one rough, one run left in me. Bosworth himself was honored by the whole situation saying, who else can say that they got run over by Burt Reynolds? Uh, Reynolds went through the hit in one take with no injuries, and though he had to be helped off the field. The shots in the movie of him being helped off the field are actually real and not faked. So. <laughs> Gotta do it. Bless it. Uh, Matt? Stone Cold good old, Steve, good old, Austin.
3: Tor- good old Turd Ferguson.
0: Yeah, <laughs> big, big foam hat. It's funny. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin tore his hamstring while training for the football scenes.
1: Ow. Oh, damn! Yeah, I not don't even... think this is the first time he's been injured making movies either. I could have sworn I remember reading someone in a different film he got badly hurt making a movie.
2: Well, I mean, like the Tooth Fairy 2 or something. Oh wait, that was Larry the Cable okay, Never mind.
0: Yeah. What was it? Oh. Um, five of the six members of the rap group <laughs> D12 made cameo appearances as convicts playing basketball. The missing sixth member is Eminem, who is referenced when Paul was referred to as Slim Shady.
2: And ah. he did the song in the closing credits.
0: Ah. I oh. Mm. I actually did not get to the credits. I saw the end of the movie and didn't want to push it with the thunderstorm and everything going on. <laughs> Don't want everything to blow up. Uh, The cast includes several WWE superstars. The great Kali is Dalap Singh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kevin Nash, and Bill Goldberg. Goldberg I was doing so well. Goldbergler. Goldbergler. He also includes (laughs) former professional football players Michael Irvin, Terry Crews, Bill Romanowski, and Brian Bosworth, plus singer and rapper Nelly. Bill Goldberg and Stone Cold Steve Austin were also football players before they were wrestlers.
2: I didn't realize that. Yep. That's Ter- kind of why I put it in there. I didn't know that.
0: Terry Crews uh, actually was not played as much as he wanted to be when he was in football, and uh, he made extra money by doing portraits of the other team members.
2: Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say stripping, but yeah, you know, that's, that's that's better, what you said.
0: Sure, why not? We'll toss that in there, too.
2: Terry likes taking his clothes off from money. <laughs>
0: Michael Irvin played a practical joke on Bill Romanowski while filming a scene in the locker room. Uh, Irving replaced the fake collapsible locker door that Romanowski headbutts with, with a real solid locker door. This <laughs> can be seen on the DVD. That's a little less of a practical. Well, I suppose if you're among people that can headbutt lockers, that's probably right. I that's see that more of an, yeah an attempt to put somebody in the hospital. So, well, we've done that, too. That's true. In that note, we've all attempted, they're, at one point or another, to put each other in the hospital. So They're not all made of Nerf. No. Uh, <laughs> Burt Reynolds and Ed Lauder are the only two actors from the original film to appear in this remake. Uh, Ed Lauder was cast after he happened to come across the set during filming. <laughs> oh, you're filming? the?
3: <laughs> well, how weird would that be? Like you stumble across a movie set. Oh, what are you filming? <laughs> oh, we're doing a remake of The Longest Yard. I was in that. <laughs> sure, see. buddy. Sure, buddy. Move along.
0: <laughs> no, I see. I just see it as him coming by. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I interrupting? your filming. What you making? Oh, <gasps> really? Uh, you got football in my peanut. butter. Oh, you think he knew
3: what he was doing? I got Yeah, you. I'm
0: sure he knew yeah. what he was doing. Adam Sandler met with him and quickly had the part written for him. Good for him. I'm I, and I like I like cameos that aren't you know cameos with the big foam fingers pointing at it. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, the wink and the nod.
3: Like what, sadly, Stan Lee's cameos turned into? Yeah.
0: Oh, well. Um, so, first viewing for any of us? Nope. Nope. I've actually seen it before.
3: It was the first for me. Oh, it was? Yes. Not the first for me. Second time.
2: Yeah, it was my second.
0: Okay. Yeah, probably in the same role. First thing I want to comment on is kind of got some balls on this movie to kill off chris rock in a uh 2005 movie i didn't
3: well it gave, gave it a lot more emotional gravity yeah sure
1: oh and casting him as the one character that from the beginning is uh completely likable mm-hmm. was smart casting in general like like I, I'm going to have to like let this out because it's going to be obvious. It's not a big spoiler. I hate Adam Sandler movies, but I actually didn't despise this, despite the fact I'm going to bitch about a few things. Uh, there, uh, I think Adam Sandler usually is unintentionally unlikable, and in this he starts off as very intentionally unlikable.
3: Yeah, he really leaned into
1: it. Yeah, and I think that overall it improved the movie. I, I didn't just like get annoyed with his shitty character work. That would have been great in a five-minute sketch, but across two hours, just grates across my brain.
3: Well, it's just one of those things where a lot of times you think, "Why does anybody like this character when he has these really obnoxious characters?" And uh-huh. in this one, and in this one, you don't even he, he doesn't even try to defend himself. He's just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm an unlikable guy."
1: Yeah, and by the end. Uh, like where I, I didn't like Bobby Boucher, I didn't like Mr. Deeds or what, uh, any of those other characters. I ended up actually liking his character by the end of this.
3: And, and you know, going back to Caretaker's death scene, it really did carry a little bit more weight when you, when this character, when Adam Sandler's character has finally gone through the character arc of being like, you're my first real friend. You know? Mm-hmm. And That's then awful. you know, ten minutes later, he's dead. You're like, damn it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that and that was the thing that I, when I remember the first time I saw this, it it uh, it, it kind of got me that they killed him off. But at the same time, watching the original and then coming back to to this again, I'm like, you know, good on you for shocking. I'm sure back then everybody was shocked at the fact that they killed off probably one of the biggest stars of that year. But uh, I and I do agree with you that the. Um, the the death really had more of an effect on him, even though th- I also have to say that the death was a lot more well done in this one.
3: And I liked the little homage to, you know, they, they showed him turning on the light bulb, mm-hmm. the, cl- the close-up of that, you know. I, perfect, I mean, you know, spoiler alerts, I think this was a, a very serviceable remake. They did a good job of introducing new elements. They did a good job of sticking to a lot of the same plot points and they did a good job of expanding on things that needed expanding on and getting rid of some things that didn't and yada yada and you know for to make to make that movie as violent as it was and turn it into a PG-13 type of movie I mean it I think I think is a very serviceable remake I don't think it you know is amazing by any stretch but it's definitely better than it needed to be
2: what's all the Sandler hate you guys, none of you guys like Adam Sandler.
3: I love Adam Sandler. I love Adam oh, okay. Sandler movies. And it's okay. well
1: established, both in the twenty-plus years <laughs> you've known me and in this podcast, that I'm very, very picky when it comes to comedy, and low comedy. Immediately, I'm right out.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I knew that, but I thought that the other, I thought you <laughs> other two guys were uh, feeling the same way. So I was, I was a little like, really? What? No. And, and
0: and you know what's weird is that Adam Sandler's career is taking a complete other another uh, swipe up since he posted, it starts posting everything to do uh, Netflix. I can't. Well, I was going to say Adam Sandler movies are one of the biggest, most watched things on Netflix because nobody, everybody can watch Adam Sandler in the privacy of their own home where they don't get other people seeing them do it. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Adam and Sandler's you know, sad.
1: I'm actually sort of like, if I have spare two hours, I might watch the new one, the murder mystery one. That I watched. That that's
0: actually really good.
1: Well, it, it, because my big beef with him is that he takes a character that would have been funny for five minutes and does it for two hours. That that's
3: my issue with him. He has made some some dog shit movies, but he's also made some really funny movies.
2: Agreed. Classics
3: like Jack and Jill is is just god awful. One mm-hmm. of the worst films I've ever seen.
2: Yeah. Uh, Bl- uh Zohan. That was pretty. Ooh, I, I
1: didn't
3: hate that movie.
2: It wasn't as bad as they say, but it was pretty bad.
1: Like Jack and Jill, I would rather watch Star Crash on a loop than no. watch Jack and Jill Let's again. Let's do
2: that. Um, now I I thought that it was it was good that this one knew a little bit better what the tone was going to be, um, because it was consistent throughout that it was a a comedy with sports, whereas the first one started off as,
0: I don't know. A a prison drama that got a little bit of comedy and sports thrown in.
2: Yeah, I mean there was some comedy here and there, and it was almost like it was pitched in some some of the posters and ads as being comedic, but I didn't find it very funny. Um, It was, you know, it was a decent sports movie in the last half of it, but this one started started off setting a tone, and I thought can maintain that consistency throughout the film, other than the "you can do it" bit, which you know. It is what it is.
3: It really is unfortunate that 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 scene is in there.
2: But if you take that out, the the rest of the film flows nicely and and has a, a good feel to it. I mean, it's it's just kind of a fun movie to put on on a Saturday afternoon.
0: Yeah, it's li- it's a light popcorn movie.
2: Yeah, it's not going to change the world, but you know, it's it's a good time and a great cast, lots of people, and the stuff with Cloris Leachman is just fucking hilarious.
3: And the yeah, the Cloris Leachman stuff is great. The the um. That whole scene when they're showing the both the tapes, they're showing the tape of Brucey e too. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> yeah, forgot about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty funny. Um, the whole scene with it switching out the, the you know Kevin Nash's steroids for estrogen that w- was when are when, when What they're are they're you talk- playing with
0: your nipples? <laughs> yeah, they're just sensitive. <laughs> just do your thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why are we all talking about his nipples? <laughs> I, I mean, it was—it had a lot of really good comedy, in it—it it, it, was—it like I said, a very solid, serviceable remake.
0: Yeah, and I—I I, I, again like how nobody was phoning it in. You could have conceivably had all these WWF guys, kind of like, yeah, I'm just here because they need big dudes, but you know, them them like with the whole nipple thing, them getting—I mean, granted, his acting isn't amazing, but he's got into the role, you know, he, I mean, and he,
3: he's, he's fucking Kevin Nash. He didn't have to agree to do that.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And you know, he knew it was funny and he knew it would be, you know, it be a good laugh. So that was, uh, and wrestlers turned actors can't all be <laughs> Dave Bautista.
3: Right.
2: Well, and, and well, or Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Um, but some of the funniest stuff that you see, or at least that, that gets me the most is when somebody does something completely out of character of what you expect from them. And just runs with it. You know, that's why, you know, attractive comedians or comedians are, are, um, funnier because, you know, they're, you know, the kind of people that maybe could be a model. And then here they are being self-deprecating and doing slapstick and being goofy. So same kind of thing. You know, you get a big wrestler that you expect one thing from, and then they're playing with their nipples and. Kind of a
0: turn you, you ran, yeah. Yeah, you, you <laughs> ran out of steam you, there at the end, dude. No, I was,
2: I was building up to the. the
0: yeah, been. we stepped on your yeah. joke. Sorry. Were you playing with your nipples while that was happening?
3: Are My nipples ep- are better. What? <laughs> are you on estrogen?
2: No, who's estrogen? Do I know her? All right, so Josh. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. And you said I'm dropping
1: you a t- Joel a full letter grade for that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Son of a bitch! I'm not going to graduate. <laughs>
0: yeah. Two points from Hufflepuff.
2: <laughs> Throw my golf balls in the lake and leaving.
0: <laughs> so you said you had a couple other upper, other complaints about this one, Josh. What what are some what's one of the other things that bugs you about this? I I don't know. I I, I think it was mostly. You
1: know, I think I mostly actually got it out because I have less to complain about this than I would about most things that had adam sandler in it I, like they did criminally underuse
3: terry Crews. Yeah,
0: but it was early terry Crews. And i don't think that they didn't really know what he was capable of just yet
3: <laughs> when he pulls a burger out of his pants
0: <laughs> like <laughs> that one guy gets hit give me that burger back
3: I'm there, there think, I was sitting there thinking about, like, how many more burgers does he have in his pants than what's happening to him.
0: <laughs> the
1: uh, there was a lot
3: one. of the, oh, no, this is the biggest, baddest guy you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Like, yeah, they, right
1: after another.
3: And they definitely did come, you know, th- like, they got to a point where, they're like, we've built up so many of these guys. How do we build up another one? <laughs> right?
2: Well, and when they all make Terry Crews look like Herve Villachez, you know, it's, yeah. it's saying something. Um, I was curious how those of you who know about football felt the football was actually handled in this versus in the original. I don't know enough about it to really compare. So I'm out
3: again. I think they did a a really good job of sticking to, you know, the feel, the pace, the rules, everything. I mean, I think both
1: stuff that if they hadn't just been playing against a semi pro team, they never would have gotten away with.
3: Yeah. Like the, the gimmick, you know, everybody lining up on one side play never works. Right.
1: The schoolyard constant uh, laterals and backwards passes. Yeah, like, those there's are, a reason you don't do that.
3: Yeah. Those, those are always like, "Hail, Mary at the last minute." you know, mm. that's not a play that you're designing. you know You're not intentionally doing that.
2: Um, one thing I, I did like about this better was the, the the cheerleaders, and that they were more of a character in the whole story.
3: But, yeah, because in the original movie they just appear at the game and that's it, mm-hmm. right? I
1: don't. I was in some ways because of the focus on them a little bit more uncomfortable because it almost seemed, I don't know. Well, it's a, the whole uh,
3: prison rape is funny joke that you
1: right? Know. Yeah, prison rape is funny. Gay people are funny. It, it made me a little squicky, but like another not big to complain like, about it.
0: Another big foam finger situation. Yeah. Yeah. Look at them. Where It was almost
1: more respectful that they were just sort of there.
0: Hmm. Gonna need a lot of lube for a
2: foam finger. Just saying. Conditioner is better! Nothing? You
3: you proud of yourself? I am now. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the corner, Joel.
0: (laughs) You're down to (laughs) C.
1: Looks like it's summer school for you. Yeah, you're assuming it started with an A.
3: <laughs> <laughs> summer school it is.
0: Oh, wow. Well. Um, <laughs> another thing I really enjoyed about this movie was the soundtrack. I think the music was very well placed.
1: Yes, and uh, you bring up a great point. I love the fact that they used Mr. Saturday Night Special in the uh, car oh. chase in both movies.
2: Mm-hmm. I watched them in reverse order, and I noticed that as well.
3: Uh, yeah. Like like I said, I think this was was a remake done right. Like they did had just enough new stuff, just enough homage stuff. They 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 didn't you know just they solved the problems that needed solving. They didn't create new problems. I just think you know and, and they used a lot of cameos and a lot of stars and a lot of names and it was just a a fun little summer type movie and.
0: Well, yeah. this is a remake that was done by somebody who, I think, like Pat, has seen the movie multiple, original multiple times and enjoyed it and has a respect for it. It's not just a, a cash grab. You know, now, they, oh, go ahead. I was going to say they had a, a lot of the same lines. They had like key lines were repeated, but it wasn't a line for line remake. It, and they upgraded it pretty well. And I think the introduction of uh, Burt Reynolds as Scarborough, I think his intro was really well done.
1: If I'm going to uh, ding them on anything with regards to the remake, I think that it was a bit of a miss with Unger, where his characterization didn't suggest, "Oh, now I'm going to fucking murder you," the way the original character did. Like it was didn't seem out of character for the original guy to just burn somebody to death.
0: Though this one was more of a like a, a coward against the uh, against the the um, guards. I mean, I think he didn't kill him with the intent that, oh, I'm going to kill you because I'm going to fucking burn you. He says, I'm going to do this because they told me to.
1: Sure. It was more of a that escalated quickly sort of situation. Whereas, like, you look at the Unger from the original, it's like, yeah, that's what that guy would do.
3: Yeah, yeah, they did a good job of giving him enough backstory. Whereas in the new one, yeah, he just seemed like a rat who suddenly, you know, jumped up to murder. Mm hmm.
1: I am, and it's a minor complaint.
3: Yeah, if if they'd have done just one line where they said, you know, he's in here for burning his family and his dog down or whatever, it just would have, you know, helped explain yeah, him a little more.
1: Fixed. Yeah. 100%. I,
2: I am glad that they didn't make Burt Reynolds' uh, crew and change Adam Sandler to a different football player. Because there was that potential there that they could have, you know, said that he was still in prison from the original. Oh. And... um. Made this like a pseudo.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like chain,
3: yeah chain I got gotcha. you. Like fo- follow up.
0: You know what? Honestly, that almost is a a cool idea. You know, like they yeah.
1: I don't I, like. I think their decision was fine, but if they'd done that, I would have been okay with that too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh, the other thing was is uh, William Fickner's or Fichter sphincter. Um, I I appreciated how he through the one extra line in there about, you know, I'll, I'll let, you know, I'll, I'll stand up for you and let, you know, the, not let the warden get away with the fact that I know you had nothing to do with caretaker's death. It didn't give you an, an, an ending that tied up all the loose ends. So you know exactly what happened, but at least it kept that high note kind of carried into the credits.
1: Was it in character for him though? Cause you got a guy that uh, at the beginning says, tell the warden, no, and then when he does beats the fuck out of him.
3: Yeah. I feel like that was kind of thrown in like, like the, the, the guys in the, you know, the, the test group were like, we need a happier ending. Mm. Well, and, I, and, and they were like, well, we'll give you this.
2: I, I thought it was more of his character arc that he saw that crew was kind of uh, coming into his own. That was kind of turning himself around in prison, he wasn't, you know, staying the guy he was. He was actually, you know, working to better his teammates and his, you know, prison mates um, to improve them. And he realized that, you know, maybe it was an error of his ways, so he was going to back him. You know, he respected Yeah, See
1: a him. character that cares about that sort of thing, though. Like, I, I, a better argument would almost be this is his way of getting back at the warden who thinks he runs this prison.
2: Mm, perhaps. And that's kind of up in the air. They never really yeah give you enough to, to, to go one way or the other, but I read it the other way, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't have a specific read on it. This is more just spitballing around. Like, I, I don't think it was necessarily a bad decision. It just didn't 100% ring true for me. I'm in, sort
3: in of, a, I I agree with you. It felt kind of tacked on. Yeah. But um, one thing I didn't appreciate in the remake that um, – at that final scene when you know they're all like shoot him, shoot him as he seems like he's walking away in the original, you can clearly see the football laying on the ground but in the second in, in the remake they the football's nowhere to be seen and then suddenly he's just grabbing a football you know like having watched the original several times, you know I've learned to like look and oh there's the football that he's going for mm-hmm. but they never bother in the original to like point it out or anything It's just there you can see it. And like when he goes to grab it, you're like, OK, yeah, that makes sense. Whereas in, in the remake, it's, it's like that the false drama thing that I absolutely hate. I'm like putting the football on the ground somewhere visible isn't going to spoil, you know, when he grabs it. You know, it's like it's not going to spoil the mood, the, the tension, the anything. You know, it's just it makes it cheaper that you're not putting it there because suddenly, oh, there's a foot. He's grabbing a football that nobody saw. You understand? What, does that yeah. make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah,
0: I mean, because it it creates unnecessary tension for a situation because you don't know what the end is, whereas you in, in the original, the watcher has a chance to say he's just going for the ball. Right? Why don't I mean, you, you could, notice this?
3: Exactly. And you 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 can have that internal dialogue in your head. It's like, no, dummy, he's going for the ball. You know, it's like, whereas in this movie, I think they were trying to be like, oh, maybe he is trying to escape. It's like, no, you know. And,
0: see, my thing on this was, I don't see any officer taking that shot because god forbid he misses and that bullet goes straight into that crowd right sure that was the biggest
2: problem i had with it is that there's far too many civilians over there for him to really take that
0: shot.
3: yeah Yeah. that's one of the top three rules about shooting a firearm is always you know check your background see what's behind it and you don't take the shot if you know there's anything behind it and behind him is
0: like all these grandmas and kids you know yeah no no one's taking that shot they're gonna chase him down This is the
1: same movie that has officers engaging in chase scenes that no real officer would. It's like, no, dude, you let the guy go and get him later. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And also, they have guns walking around inside the prison, which is a complete and utter no-no for a prison guard.
1: For sure. Yeah, CO gets one of those taken away, and all of a sudden, there's all sorts of murders.
0: Yeah. So, uh, have we milked this Kevin Nash enough? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I've just been waiting to say that. I
0: have it written down, so I don't <laughs> forget. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well,
3: we go to thumbs up, thumbs down, then I guess. Yeah, I uh, think we do. Well, I'll lead it off as a thumbs up for both. I think it's rather obvious. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, less obvious for me. I'm actually going to go
1: with a thumbs up for both, even though I, I it's not super enthusiastic for either.
2: Okay. Uh, well, it's definitely a thumbs up for the the remake. Um, I enjoyed it the first time. I enjoyed it the second time. The original, I am tentatively saying a thumbs up, primarily because of the football at the end, but it's not anything I really have a desire to see a second time.
0: Yeah, I'm giving thumbs up to both. The first one was a thumbs up. It was 70s. It was definitely had the 70s feel to it. Uh, You know, when we talk about pacing and dialogue and all that. You can definitely know when this one was made, but it still was. And we all agree
3: that Burt Reynolds should not be beating up women.
0: Yeah, that's it. And um, it's just a, a. A good 70s sport movie, and this one, I while I said I'm the new one, I'm not going to seek it out. But if I'm flipping through channels and it comes on, it definitely it's made its move into the ones that I'll be like, oh, I can keep this on in the background. So it's a
1: thumbs, thumbs up all around for uh, Longest Yard. Thumbs down for Violence Against Women and Rob Schneider. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah, horrible, horrible thumbs down for that Rob Schneider. This was a movie that did not need You Can Do It. No.
0: So, Joel, what are we doing next week? For the honor
2: of Grayskull.
0: That, that's not that's what not what she it says.
2: says. It is what she says. Look it up. Is it? Is it? Yep. She doesn't they say by the power of Gray
0: Skull. That's right. what Adam says. What does
1: she oh. say? I didn't know she said anything about Gray Skull. Yeah, it's been too many years since I've watched it.
0: According to this, she says... Bap, 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 bap. <laughs> no, that's what the fox says. Oh.
3: <laughs> I typed that in
0: wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, if you have anything to say about Adam Sandler, the fox shira the longest yard let us know give us a call at 708 now wrap that's 708-669-9727
0: yep and like i said before find our podcasts all over the place itunes blu-ray stitcher podverse fm uh go to PodChaser. leave us a review itunes i hear that thing is still up and uh thanks for listening to the show uh we really appreciate it and we will be back next week thank you the
2: ending is better
3: Might, we, might, we, we might just have created a Pavlov's dog cre- situation. We don't-
2: Tonight on Hollywood Hot, Rosario Dawson. Is she hot or is she not?
3: Oh, luckily I was in the middle of swallowing. I couldn't do it there. Paddle your sex tape.
2: <laughs> Special guests, Dave Mattel and Joe Rogan. Tonight on Hollywood Hot. <laughs> Hollywood
3: Hot. <laughs> she's <laughs> we got a new podcast <laughs> ruined here.